0: Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm Tracy Barnett, your host and narrator. Heroes, so we have a small change in our scheduled rotation here. Last week, I told you that we were going to hear a series of 1,000-year-old vampire by an all-new GM to the One Shot podcast network. Now, that's still going to happen, but we have a very special treat for you this week. We are starting a new series because we want to help promote the Indiegogo that is going on for this particular game, Pit Crawler, by McGuffin & Co. This means that the one, the only, James D'Amato is back playing a session with Sasha from MacGuffin. Uh, quick caveat. James was recording on the wrong mic for the first uh, half of this, so the audio is not quite up to our normal quality, but it gets better in the third and fourth uh, sessions of this. So, with that in mind, sit back, relax, and let's get into some Pit Crawler.
1: All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. And the party is small because we are just <laughs> recording with Sasha Sienna of MacGuffin and Co. Sasha, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
1: I, I am so excited to, to have you. Like, I-, I think we've exclusively had you for games that you have designed. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the first one uh, I had such a good time with. So, like. I I am very excited to dive back into this. Before we talk about the game and all of that, I want to know, are there any projects that you would like to plug uh, up to and including, of course, what we are about to play?
2: Well, funny you should say. Um, We're about to play a game that I would love to plug. Uh, It is called Pitcrawler. As we record this, it is currently funding on Indiegogo. And um, as this goes out, it will most likely be available for pre-order, back backing if you like on indiegogo also uh, and you can find it if you like what you hear at igg.me slash at slash pitcrawler or just by googling pitcrawler that also works
1: that is lovely and i feel we would be remiss if we did not mention that MacGuffin co has produced many fine games and like gaming i i usually don't know how to define settings but I guess gaming accessories isn't inaccurate. Um, uh, there's lots of cool stuff, some stuff that I have contributed to.
2: Yes, you have. Yeah, I also never know how to describe the settings that we do. Like, we've got them in an anthology. And every single time we have to submit it to a retailer or an award, it's like, what is this? <laughs> and it's like, I-, I don't know, man. Just <laughs>
1: Usually, usually what (laughs) what I say to people, like when they ask me about it is I go, it's an anthology of micro settings. So uh, it's really digestible RPG settings that give you enough for you to unfold your own stories, which I think is my preferred whenever I receive any setting information. Really what I want is something that will allow me to have my first idea and then kind of get out of the way, which is exactly kind of what i felt going through my copy of it
2: oh that's lovely yeah we uh, we very much wanted something that was somewhere between a one shot and a a game that's intended to be played over like a year-long campaign and um, so all of these are very much intended to be kind of short runs like mini series so they all come with a campaign that's got three to four main adventures but then there's lots of ideas for you to spin off into one shots if you want or extend your campaign to a couple of months or just do your own thing with it
1: yeah and and you can find all of that over at mcguffin and that's m-a-c and and not m-c guffin and company dot com it's again johnny and sasha are delightful folks and i have loved basically everything thing they've made that i have seen thus far but with with that out of the way i, I want to turn more towards pit crawler which is a very classic kind of adventure fantasy game and to get us started and, and do an icebreaker get to know you better Sasha, I, I want to know what is your favorite sort of like foundational fantasy fiction
2: so i have several different answers to this depending on how loosely you're defining fantasy fiction, I think, Um, because I think, unfortunately, I think the actual answer is Star Wars. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Yes.
2: Which I do kind of count as fantasy rather than science fiction.
1: Oh, um, yeah. yeah. there's there's no science
2: science in those films. It's space fantasy, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. it's space fantasy. Yeah, that was a very foundational... Well, the original trilogy was very foundational to me, to the point that I am now fully invested in the world... (laughs) And um, it's not something I'm proud of, because as a a fandom, it is the worst place in the world. But um, as a, and to be fair, as a media property, it's, oh, it's got some problems. But, you know, no one loves to hate Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Unfortunately, I'm I'm so in it.
0: You
1: know, I I think poetically, it is like popcorn. It's not especially good for your body. But, you know, no one can fault you for eating it. So...
2: (laughs) No, and there is a lot to talk about. Not all of it. Wow, wasn't that great? Uh, but definitely a lot to say.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, that is like I have to. I have to agree with you there. I was on a Star Wars show for for four years. So immersed in it. How once the hooks are in you, it's really hard to get. Oh them yeah.
2: Out. And because it's so embedded in pop culture now and it it had like the original trilogy has been such an influence on so much once the hooks are in you more hooks keep following it just keeps they keep staying in there
1: yeah yeah i mean I, i look at it like star wars i would compare to dungeons and dragons in the same way in that it's this like beautiful media property that is kind of derivative of of these like same foundational ideas but these days, it is how people encounter those concepts for the first time. Mm. And I think it's because it does them really well in an accessible way. Like, you know, we can, we could argue the quality of it, but like, it, does it make it easy to consume? Yes. And I think there is something wonderful about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, great. Well, let's, let's uh, you know, with, with, with that idea in mind, let's talk about Pit Crawl.
2: Great, well, uh, yeah, so Pitcrawler Crawler is our two-player, choose-your-own-adventure-inspired RPG. Uh, it is high fantasy and high chaos, and uh, there's no canon setting in Pit Crawler. Instead, the GM and the player kind of develop their own world as they go according to certain principles. Uh, the kind of biggest principle to know about is everything is ruled by wizards wizards are basically all powerful uh, each one rules over their domain um, you are not a wizard
1: <laughs>
2: you are very much just a mundane person at the mercy of these overlords essentially ah
1: you've invented capitalism
2: yeah it's a very thinly veiled metaphor for billionaires <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so you, the player, are the pit crawler, um, because we kind of, we were joking around at some point about, you know, this idea of the adventuring party in, for instance, games like D&D. They're often presented as these, like, heroic figures, but we were joking around about, well, who is it that would actually crawl into a tomb in search of treasure? Who is it that would go into a ruined castle that we know is overrun by monsters just in case they get some gold pieces? And it was people who don't really have any other options or people who have so little sense and self-preservation that they would just do that anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Listening to that foundation of the setting, I, I have a request about, about our game already, especially like looking at wizards through the lens of these are the magical fantasy equivalent of billionaires. I kind of like the idea of the profession of pit crawling being something that spawned from wizards are so powerful and, and have so much that their empires are like so vast and sprawling. They can't really keep track of anything. So essentially what I'm doing as a pit crawler is a wizard is like, I need you to go through my house and get my remote control. If you can come back and bring me my remote,
0: <laughs> you I love it.
1: might die. You will probably die, actually. Because there are monsters it's like, everywhere.
2: It's like those apps where you just like get somebody to come and do a little task for you.
1: Exactly, exactly. But <laughs> nearly everything is lethal because you also yeah. happen to collect toothy goops that, that devour everyone on yep. site.
2: There's like a little notice board and it says pit crawler without the E.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really like that. Okay. So presumably pit crawlers like yourself are people who don't really have anything else to do and so must essentially work this gig economy of finding stuff for their local wizard or traveling around different domains, different realms, yeah. just
1: doing odd jobs for wizards. Yeah, and like kind of the only esteem that you get out of it is like entirely self-imagined. yeah. <laughs> because the wizard's always like oh great you got my remote cool that's that's all i need yeah. for why did it take you four months
2: <laughs> i like the idea that maybe there's a bit of risk involved in that quite often wizards may have lost their remote behind the back of the couch but they they might also have lost you know a few gems or <laughs> some gold and it's kind of a bit of a risk on well do you take them not knowing whether or not the wizard knows they were there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Cool, okay, that's very fun. I thought that we would make a character for you on the pod, um, because it's quite quick. And a lot of it involves uh, rolling to find out exactly what kind of mundane working class hero, in heavy air quotes, you will be.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait. Let's, Let's get to it.
2: Okay. So first of all, we're going to start with assigning your qualities. So pick crawlers in pick crawler have five qualities, fists, feet, fingers, face, and heart. Fists being how kind of punchy and fighty you are. Feet being how fast you are. Fingers being how dexterous you are. Face being how charismatic you are. And heart being, well, how much heart you have, how much hope and willpower and that sort of thing um also you can use your heart to boost other roles by putting your heart into it if you really care and want to succeed in which case you'll roll your heart as well as that other quality but if you fail it automatically becomes a critical failure
1: Ooh, i love that it's
2: the only way to critically fail in pit Crawler.
1: what a delight what a delight
0: mm.
2: so uh we're going to start by rolling a d10 So all these qualities are going to be assigned dice types. And that's going to be what you roll. And I'll be giving you target numbers based on the difficulty of whatever it is you're doing.
1: All right. I have retrieved my D10.
2: Okay. So if you could roll that for me. That is a 10. A 10. Lucky you. You have a D10 in heart.
1: Ah, yes. (laughs) I am going to critically fail so much.
2: (laughs) And uh, could you now roll me a D8? All right.
1: I, I swear to you, that is an 8.
2: Okay, uh, that is a face. Okay. You have a d8 in face. And now, could you roll me a d6?
1: That is a 1.
2: Oh, a 1. Okay, <laughs> that's your fists. So you have a d6 in fists. And lastly, could you roll me a d4? That's a 4. A 4? Okay, so that's fingers. You have a d4 in fingers, and the, the one that's left is feet. That one's a d12. Okay. So you are very, very speedy, not very dexterous, but you are quite charismatic and you do have a lot of heart. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you to roll a bunch of d100s on our random tables. So this is going to be your background, who you were before you became a pit crawler. So could you roll me a d100, please?
1: Ooh, okay. I got a 49.
2: Okay, that is a gravedigger. So that's what you were doing before you were a pit crawler. Um, And that means...
1: Yeah, mostly I was the type of guy who, like, when I saw nobles lamenting the loss of their friends, came out and tried my type 5.
2: And uh, that has obviously not gone brilliantly for
1: you. (laughs) No! (laughs) I was immediately fired.
2: (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you... We'll now get to choose a couple of expertises and then we're going to roll randomly for the rest. I'm going to give you five and you can choose two of them. So Endurance, Intimidation, Medicine, Religion, and Sleight of Hand.
1: I'm going to go with Endurance. Nice. And I I think Sleight of Hand.
2: Okay. And you will also start the game with a lantern and a shovel.
1: Love this. I brought this shovel from home. <laughs> all right, all that's okay. written down.
2: Okay, so I'm going to ask you to roll another d100 to get a new expertise.
1: That is 37.
2: Okay, 37 is history.
1: All right.
2: So I guess you're also the person that carves all the gravestones with pertinent details.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that makes, that makes sense. Well, I'm, you know, also, like, as a grave digger, like, It really is expected for your job that you got to go out there, you got to do your type five. So you really have to know kind of everything about everyone that you might be talking to Mm -hmm. to do really personal jokes about death. And the turnover rate for this job is insane, Mm -hmm. for sure.
2: Those that live by the grave
1: (laughs) end up. Well, they get
2: fired real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I am now going to ask you to roll for a couple more random items. So you get five item slots as a a starting adventurer. So you get to roll a d100 three times to determine what your random items are
1: going to be. First one is 35.
2: Okay, so that's going to be a game animal, brackets dead.
1: Okay, a dead game animal. Oh man, and I'm just bringing it with me? Okay, let me know if you think this is too ludicrous. What if it's an elephant? (laughs)
2: Um, okay, you can have a game animal brackets elephant, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to rule that the head, each limb and the torso all take up different item slots.
1: Oh, interesting. Interesting. That does, that does make it, I mean, my, my vision for this is my character has, has this game animal and feels responsible and compelled to take it around with them but really doesn't have much use for it because it is a dead elephant at the end of the day. But like the elephant, because it's a dead elephant, it does kind of have to stay on the cart. There's no way physically Mm. that I can take it into whatever dungeon with me. So like if I need something from the elephant, I, I have to go all the way back to the cart to grab anything or I'm not allowed to touch the elephant at all. It's like, I've got this elephant. It's not mine. I'm holding it for a friend and I'm carrying <laughs> it around and I can't let anything happen to it.
2: Okay, this is not strictly speaking <laughs> within the character creation rules of mm-hmm. Pickroller, But uh, the last thing that we're going to do is we're going to give you a companion. And one of the types of companion is a steed. Uh, so oh. as long as you're with your steed, you can have additional item slots.
1: Okay, okay.
2: What we could do is say that your elephant is your steed. But the elephant is dead. But you can have the elephant be dead if you want the elephant to be dead. But it would have to... You've kind of attached roller skates to it. Mm -hmm. And you just pull it along. Yeah. But it carries your stuff.
1: Oh, okay. So the elephant is the cart. I love that. I love that.
2: Alternatively, what if it was just a mini elephant?
1: (sighs) That's also very
2: Like a cat-sized elephant. (laughs)
1: well I mean that that leaves the question like I really do like the rule of it being a game animal like that's mm-hmm. that's funny to me so the idea I, I I kind of like the idea that this was maybe maybe not like yeah it was like a reward for a, a previous pit crawl that I've done where like I was promised some a, a measure of gold or whatever and yeah. it's like I don't have any gold here <laughs> You take this elephant. I'm like, I can't possibly The move wizard this thinks
2: elephant. elephants are just as as cool as gold. And yeah. Maybe exactly. the wizard's really into taxidermy, and this is a taxidermied elephant.
1: The cash value of this elephant <laughs> is equivalent to the amount of gold that you're seeking. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is
2: here. <laughs> yeah, I like it.
1: Cool. Okay, I just so
2: we're going with big taxidermied elephant that you carry behind you. You pull it along on wheels. And yes. it carries your stuff. Yes. Okay, brilliant. Um, and please roll twice more.
1: 83.
2: 83 is a spyglass.
1: Ooh. All right. I like that.
2: And one more time.
1: That is four.
2: Four. You've got a backpack.
1: Okay, cool. A lot of containers.
2: <laughs> yes. You have space. Uh, so... How expertises and items work, they actually both work kind of the same way, um, except that items can be broken and expertises cannot. So every single time you do a roll, I will give you a difficulty, which is like the target number that you want to hit, and it's three or six or nine or twelve, etc. Certain things will bump that difficulty up one step, and some things will lower it one step. Now, if you've got an item that's relevant to what you're trying to do, then you can lower it one step if you've got an expertise that's relevant to what you want to do you can lower it one step so say you have the expertise fishing and you have a fishing rod as an item um, and i ask you to do something with a difficulty level of 12 then it would actually be a difficulty level of six because it would bump down one level to nine and then one level to six okay okay and you also receive one d20 copper pennies
1: that's a fourteen.
2: A fourteen. Okay, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good number of copper pennies.
1: Can pay off a lot of ferrymen with that. Let me tell you,
2: <laughs> fourteen of them, in fact.
1: <laughs> but no, no, they take two each. You gotta put them on your eyes. It's a grape digger. Fair enough. So seven. That's a grape digger yeah. joke. I I apologize. It, it
2: <laughs> okay, and uh, lastly, you get a companion. You've got a choice here. We've got. Six recommended starting companions mm-hmm. which are like the the most useful and simplest to play with. You can choose one of those or you can have the full list of companions.
1: Oh, you know I'm going for that full list of companions.
2: <laughs> okay. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna rapid fire say what they are, and every time you're interested, you go stop. Okay. Archer, barbarian, bruiser, burglar charmer confidant cook drifter explorer faithful hound herbalist knight merchant musician pet priest scoundrel smith steed swashbuckler tinkerer torchbearer warrior and price No, nope prices is a separate section
1: and prices
2: (laughs) prices
1: i'm torn between scoundrel and knight i think
2: so a knight is somebody that can take your dam like take physical damage for you, and a scoundrel is somebody who can help you with a feat test.
1: You know, actually, Sasha, I, because this would be you know probably the NPC that I'd be interacting with the most. My, my question to you is: is there one that you feel like you have the most fun playing in in a wacky Ooh. world?
2: Hmm. I think, ordinarily, I would probably choose a scoundrel, but I feel a bit more like playing a knight today.
1: Let's do this.
2: Nice. And uh, could you please name your knight?
0: Hello, heroes, and welcome to the mid-roll. If you are enjoying what you're hearing of Pitcrawler so far, you can back it on Indiegogo right now. The link is in the show notes. You should head over there and check it out. Everything that McGuffin & Co. does is just pretty fantastic, and Pitcrawler is absolutely no exception. So get on over there, hit that link, and support Pitcrawler. Also, while you're out there getting copies of amazing games, James has an all-new book coming out. It is an expanded version of the Ultimate Character Backstory Guide. That means there are more exercises, there are more notes, James offers more insights, and it's generally just more of the excellent work you've come to expect from what he does. That link is also in the show notes, so head on over to James's page with Simon & Schuster, pre-order a copy now, or even better, go to your local bookstore, pre-order it there, because local bookstores, fantastic places, definitely, definitely always need your support. Now, with all that out of the way, Let's get back to the show.
1: Let's go with Sarah. Sarah. Mm-hmm.
2: Do they actually like it, So, is this um, they don't have a name; they just go by Sarah, like like Doctor Who, just going by the Doctor, or is this like that is their name?
1: Uh, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know if it's like Sir Ah, or
2: right. yeah, if it's, yeah.
1: I, I, and I kind of think we've been traveling together for years, and I don't know which it is, and it is way too awkward to ask at this point.
2: Yeah, so you just call them Sir Ah, and it, it, like, no
1: one knows. Yeah, that could just be yeah. a gravedigger thing uh, that, that you're saying, or it could be the name, and every time you introduce yourself I'm like listening to like try and get it and I never do
2: <laughs> um great I'm going to have fun with that and uh, oh sorry the actual final thing is that you need to give yourself seven health points
1: okay
2: that's kind of there's not kind of damage in the same way that most games use them so like falling isn't going to explicitly give you damage enemies aren't going to hit you succeed and give you damage what happens is when you fail a test then if it can hurt you it will it will give you one point of damage but if you critically fail mm. then you will take 1d4 damage
1: okay. okay
2: now your knight has three health points and can take damage for you and can also assist you where it's kind of relevant you know gotcha but if they're helping you, then they are also in danger of damage. So if you fail, then you both get hurt. Perfect. Now, one thing you might like to get before you leave is some food. So the way that you recover health points is uh, any time that you sit and have a little rest and you eat some food, you can get one health point back.
1: Alrighty. And do, do I roll for my food items? or?
2: No, you can choose what it is. I'm going to say you can choose. There's, the one that's in the book is um, Wheel of Cheese, but um, I'm going to say you don't have to have a wheel of cheese. I mean, the thing is, game animal brackets dead, I'm pretty sure is also food. I don't know why I'm saying I'm pretty sure. I wrote this <laughs> game. It's food.
1: <laughs> All right. I kind of like the idea that I've got this this game animal, the, this this dead elephant. Yeah. And, you know, when things get desperate, we've got like a microplane or a cheese grater and we yeah. just scrape off some of that elephant and you know you throw that in some water boil it you got a stew going
2: i kind of like the idea that like you've got the elephant but instead of the elephant being your food item what the elephant actually is is like a traveling mini kitchen so what you you have the elephant but what you actually have is the elephant laden with camping cookware equipment like a camping stove and lots of pots and pans and a a selection of herbs and spices like you unroll A little blanket that you put on the elephant and it's like all the way down its leg. It's just herbs and spices.
1: I love this even more, that this wizard paid us off in their old camping gear that they don't use any (laughs)
2: longer. (laughs) And it just so happened to be arranged on an elephant
1: yeah well i mean i i think that's probably pretty popular for this world is like a lot of what we think of as devices are like animals that were sacrificed to turn into a device like Mm. like your mobile phone in this world is a bird that you know will will tweet out your bad opinions to people (laughs) but like you had to do this ritual to convert the bird this way this is just like a converted elephant it's like the equivalent of an rv and there absolutely is a way to make the elephant move without you pulling it but we don't know how to do that me and sarah that's have no idea only. how that works. Yeah. yeah that's that's wizard stuff yeah. and we have an instruction manual the instructions are in there but it does state for wizards only and both Sarah and I are like too hardline on, we would never dream. We would never Well, that's, dream. that would
2: be against the rules. That's against the would rules. Would you also walk across a lawn with a don't step on the grass sign?
1: <laughs> I, I don't think so.
2: I love that. Okay, so in this world, we have invented, I mean, the, the world has capitalism, essentially, mm-hmm. with the wizards. And now we've also got caravanning and Twitter. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> the, most, the most important thing.
2: well thank goodness we're set (laughs) okay the adventure that we will be playing today is entitled mystery of the awakening flame uh which is something that i rolled up on our random adventure title generator table and went from there uh i've realized we don't actually have a name for your pit crawler dirt is that yurt dirt 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 (laughs) okay
1: that's, that's not my given name. That is the name that I adopted. My, my former employer just sort of called me that, so I had it legally changed to avoid confusion.
2: That was really considerate of you.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm nothing if not dedicated.
2: So, dirt lives in the region of uh, Skulag. The Grand Wizard Skulag has crafted his perfect realm. Unfortunately, his perfect realm is, to everyone else, a real downer. Skulag's really into kind of goth aesthetics, dark, dank spaces, and just like the concept of misery.
1: Skulag is probably the youngest wizard at 13.
2: Yes. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got a real chip on his shoulder about it.
1: His his parents don't understand him, so that's, you know, that'll happen.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they they would have understood him, but he cast a spell that meant that they basically just bring him snacks now. They're they're kind of robots. (laughs) So he lives at the center of the realm in this absolutely massive... It's a mountain that looks like it should be a volcano, but if you get up close, it's very clear that actually the lava is just a kind of light effect kind of twinkling up at the top there. Mm -hmm. There's a huge skull-shaped entrance and you have to walk in through the teeth which open for you as you come in um the rest of the realm is in a similar aesthetic vein but like less so so everyone else has smaller little mountains imagine hobbit holes but pointy and miserable (laughs) so uh you dirt live in one of these little misery holes and uh does sarah live with you or uh elsewhere in the realm
1: I like the idea that Sarah lives in, like, it's Sarah's misery hole. Oh, and okay. I sublet, like, a closet.
2: Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a little cavern at the back, and you kind of have to crawl through a little tunnel to get to it.
1: It's a scullery, which for most people would mean a place where they store food in this particular region uh, because of the creativity, I would say, of Skullag. It is just a portion of each misery hole where there are just skulls embedded into the wall. Mm -hmm.
2: I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the realm of Skullag is incredibly cold, damp, and dark. Light sources do not usually work here. Fire does not catch. It's like every <laughs> single bit of uh, every single bit of kindling is is wet. You know. Um, okay, that that ends the extent of my fire making knowledge. But other sources of fuel are also wrong.
1: Um, the, the, the only thing we have access to is glow stick technology. Like, yes, uh... there
2: are there are glow sticks, yeah, and um, you do have uh, essentially some of those like like microwavable heat packs, not ones, You know the ones that you crack them and then stick them on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have some of those. <laughs> so you, you kind really of have to wear those. For
0: heat. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. And I imagine if you're cooking, you also have to like crack them and stick them on your food. <laughs> so, is this are, are we going to say this is your first? Pit crawl. No, it's not going to be your first pit crawl because you won the elephant.
1: We won the elephant. And we the camping
2: are, equipment.
1: We are experienced company men, anti-union. Very anti-union.
2: <laughs> Skullag will be so happy to hear that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're full on scabs. Anywhere there's pit crawling, we in fact, exclusively scabs. We will Leave a stable job if we hear there's an opportunity to scab somewhere else.
2: Okay, great news. So there's currently a strike going on among <laughs> the pit crawlers in the realm. I'll
1: bet. I'll bet those selfish people would like to heat their homes with flames. Unbelievable.
2: They would. They'd absolutely love that. So, what's your what's Sarah's next door neighbor called?
1: Sarah's next door neighbor is Hesiant. Hesiant is, I think she has been transformed into something in some way.
2: Ooh, nice. Okay. Is she, so she's been transformed into a skeleton, but mm-hmm. she's been transformed into one of those skeletons where it's a girl skeleton in a cartoon. So she's still got long hair and is inexplicably wearing some sort of <laughs> bra.
1: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm.
2: she's really annoyed about this because it makes no sense
1: I I just love the idea of this wizard it? we gonna tell if she's a girl
2: yeah <laughs> like he did it and then she's just a skeleton and he's like well no I can't tell the difference between her and all the other skeletons I made today just...
1: <clears throat> from now on oh. old girl skeletons have boobies
2: and for some reason also long eyelashes
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but because this is a, you know, a feminist podcast, mm-hmm. we like to be gender neutral here. Um, all of the male skeletons will also very clearly have six packs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that, that six pack. You know, I think this 13 year old wizard has very strange ideas about like, is is open to to like all forms of gender like there are non-binary skeletons as well but they have very particular markers of what they think those signifiers should be
2: yeah the non-binary skeletons have an undercut
1: yeah (laughs) they've got hair (laughs) they have hair to have an undercut of course (laughs) yes
2: Okay, uh, so Hecyent uh, is a she/her skeleton, and so has long hair, eyelashes, and a bra, and uh, so she is she is a pit crawler. She was a pit crawler, and you can actually, as you're kind of crawling through the tunnel out of your little scullery cavern in Sarah's house, you can just see Sarah there cracking a couple of heat packs, sticking <sighs> them on some kind of a pot, making tea, mm-hmm. and um, or, or rather dirt coffee. And uh, dirt as in the the actual dirt, not dirt as in you, your character.
1: And, and I have realized these heat packs, like like all devices and technology we've established, must be animals. So essentially, yes. like a heat pack is like a dead squirrel that you have to like smack against the table until it like heats up, and they just burn themselves out and shrivel up. Oh
2: i'm gonna say for my own emotional well-being that all okay. of these animals died of natural causes but that once they have died of natural causes that's what happens
1: okay okay i mean like we've got this necromantic thing so we're just kind of yeah. like using death energy as as our power source so prob- i mean you're like,
2: scavengers if, right if you're so, not a
1: pit crawler the other big profession has to be like collector of roadkill just
2: could collect- like collector of roadkill yeah <laughs> And turning them into heat packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, is there, cracking a couple of squirrels, waiting for them to heat up. Look, look. And these ones are the good types, so they've also got the glow stick technology, so their fur also becomes, like, glow in the dark when they get cracked.
1: I like it, it's like their eyes and mouth hole just, like, emanate <laughs> Nice. This... Yeah, just, like,
2: little beams coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that, and also their butt.
1: Um... Yeah, any orifice... <laughs> <laughs> it's just truly truly horrible to behold.
2: Let's just make this the worst it can be. Uh and then through <laughs> the through the fishes, you know, between in the rocks between Cyrus's misery hole and Hesion's misery hole next door you can start to hear um you know some organizing There's sounds of that she's obviously got quite a few people they're knocking into each other and you hear it does sound like bone on bone they're probably largely skeletons and they're all kind of grumbling and they they seem to be constructing something you can't tell what but there's noises coming from construction
1: howdy there neighbor
2: oh god how does a skeleton speak (laughs) yes hello Good morning, Dirt.
1: Uh couldn't couldn't help but notice you've uh, got a bit of a commotion going on there. Heard heard some bone on bone, thought maybe this is an orgy, maybe it's none of my business, but does seem like you're making a few signs. Uh signage. Which is well, actually, spuriously legal.
2: If you would like to know, uh, it may well be your business. Uh, we are members of a new group. Uh, I love
1: groups. I love belonging to groups.
2: Pit crawlers in serious shenanigans.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
2: We are starting a union. <laughs> oh no! Actually, I've got a better one. Pit crawlers union for Skullogs se- shenanigans. Yikes!
1: Oh, okay, and obviously, wow, obviously this is a union sort of requesting that, that pit crawlers not, not be paid too much or receive too many services?
2: Quite the opposite. This is a union requesting that pit crawlers be paid properly. No longer shall we be paid in taxidermied animals. No longer shall we find ourselves without flesh. No longer shall this ridiculous gender nonsense happen to skeletons. If I'm going to be a skeleton, then I want to be able to dress the way I want.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Look, look, I understand work can be stressful. And hey, I've got flesh. We all love having flesh. Nobody here says that 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 having flesh is a bad thing but i think we should consider skulag's role in all this imagine if you were an all-powerful wizard you you'd want people to obey your every whim and command right
2: if i was an all-powerful wizard i would want to rule this realm with fairness and justice and workers rights
1: it's very easy to say that as somebody who doesn't have to deal with the stresses of being an all powerful wizard.
2: Well, I think that you, as a pit crawler, would quite like to would, would do well to join this union. We're going to be going outside of Skullog's Mountain right today and we're going to be protesting as much and as loudly as we can. Look, I've made this placard.
1: Uh, he like squints to read the placard and goes, I, "I don't know what I'm squinting. I don't know how to read." Hessian, Hessian, Hessian. Don't don't you have work today? Aren't aren't you supposed to go on a crawl?
2: Well, we're not working. We're striking.
1: Okay, but it's striking, striking as in, uh, like like tearing down a set for a play of some kind
2: striking as in no pit crawlers are going to work until our resolutions are met
1: okay uh well hessian you know i guess have a have a wonderful day um i'm i'm gonna talk to sarah for reasons unrelated to this conversation and uh uh have a nice day and dirt, like sort of like scrambles into the house. And dirt, you know, like we've established, lives lives in sublets the scullery from beneath Sarah's house. And dirt very much believes in social hierarchies and orders, and is not allowed to like open the door to Sarah's place, but does cram himself in the pet door, like so. <laughs> You know, I feel <laughs> I feel like dirt is a very like crammy, skulky sort, so like just sort of like eh, 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 pulls himself through the door. Surah! Yeah. Surah! We've got we've got a job opportunity. A bunch of a bunch of people are striking. This is it! This is what we've been waiting for
0: This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Brunin by Cody Martin. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at theothertracy. That's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back with part 2 of Pit Crawler next week. As always, We end one shot with a call to action, and heroes, this one is just going to be very, very simple. Go to fivecalls.org, find the issues that matter to you, and call your representatives. It can be challenging, it can be intimidating, and there are so many things that need time and attention right now. I get it. Five Calls has a rundown of everything that you can support, and even if there's not one listed on there, you can still take one of their script templates and you can adapt it for an issue that you care passionately about. Our representatives need to hear from us. It's an easy way to make your voice heard. So go on to fivecalls.org, make your calls, and make a difference. Thanks, heroes. If you enjoyed this show you should check out some of the other shows on the one shot podcast network shows like session zero session zero is a discussion podcast that seeks to explore the psychology of role-playing each episode will feature role-playing concepts stories and tropes viewed through the lens of psychology by clinical psychologist porter green and industrial organizational psychologist steve discount join us on the couch for the next session